I hate that YA illness has its own Goodreads category. Oh, God. Gross. <laughs> I know. I purposefully avoided, like, that subgenre for my recommendation. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. There's some good ones. But there's also, like, a walk to remember. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide world of streaming romantic comedies and teen cinema. Um, I am your host, uh, Marin Hagman, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, Martha Sullivan, teen uh, library manager, and I fully... Lost my mind and forgot what podcast I was hosting. <laughs> um, that is the first time you have done that introduction. You did a stellar job. Why, thank, thank you. You. Um, did you? Uh, did you have the thought fully of what is Martha thinking when I said <laughs> do the intro? Oh, that's okay. I just kind of went with it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you were great. I said intro, I meant summary, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> this is what I get. No, that was wonderful. We are here to discuss um, the 2018 uh, YA movie, which I thought was a Netflix original, is not. Thought it was based on a book, is not. Did I even know what movie we were watching? Um, only time will tell. Uh, Marin, would you like to well, I should it's been a rough week listeners, so you know, excuse me for being a little scatterbrained um so, Midnight Sun, 2018 movie starring Bella Thorne as Katie Price Patrick Schwarzenegger as Charlie Reed, Rob Riggle as Jack Price, Quinn Shepard as Morgan, and then a bunch of other people I don't care about. Although Suleika Matthew does get a shout out as the Dr. Paula Fleming, who has been treating Katie's uh, disorder. Uh, This movie was directed by Scott Spear and is based on uh, a Japanese movie called A Song for the Sun. Marin, would you like to give us a synopsis of Midnight Sun? Sure. Uh, So Midnight Sun is about Katie Price, who has a condition called XP, which uh, means that she will get real sick if she's exposed to the sun. Um, And so she spends her days uh, at home um, and has kind of a limited amount of places. She'll go out at night. Um, She's super... Uh, into music, um, and one night she goes out, um, to play music at her local train station, and her longtime crush, who she has seen from her window for, like, her whole adolescence, Charlie, uh, notices her playing the guitar, um, and Katie accidentally, in her, uh, you know, flusteredness, leaves her notebook, and, and Charlie... Um, takes it, and then the next day they meet up again, um, while she comes to get the notebook and he comes to get back to her. Um, they, he, she learns a little bit more about him. He had had a swimming scholarship to Cal Berkeley, 
um, but had an injury, um, and so is taking the next year to kind of hop in a car and uh, drive around the country. Um, so Katie and Charlie start to get closer, um, and, um, uh, you know, they start seeing each other, um, Katie's, uh, dad and best friend Morgan are excited for her, but, you know, also nervous, um, then one day Charlie plans this elaborate date for them to go down to Seattle, um, and her to actually get to see live music. Um, and because she has not told him about her condition, he does not plan on getting them, um, back before the sunrise. Um, and so they race home, but it's too late. Um, she has been exposed to sunlight. Um, and that triggers her XP to, um worsen and um slowly the rest of the movie katie kind of her body uh slows down um and she cuts off contact with charlie um because she doesn't want him to be hurt by her inevitably soon death um and then the rest of the movie is her kind of getting over that and charlie pays for her to record her song uh she, um, you know, they spend some quality time together, and then he goes to, uh, take care of this boat, and she's like, no, I want to go with you, and be in the sunlight, and die, and that's what she does, uh, and then we flash forward, and find out Charlie has got his swimming scholarship back in part because Katie reached out to the coach and asked him to reconsider Charlie. Um, and, uh, Katie's dad gives him her notebook. Um, and then he drives away and listens to her song playing on the radio. Cut to black. Yeah. So Katie has a condition called, I just pulled it up, xeroderma pigmentosum. Uh, the very first thing I did watching this movie was look up and see if this was a real thing. And it is. So xeroderma pigmentosum is a genetic disorder in which there is a decreased ability to repair DNA damage, such as that caused by UV light. Symptoms may include a severe sunburn after only a few minutes in the sun, freckling in sun-exposed areas, dry skin and changes in pig pig skin pigmentation, uh, and then also nervous system problems uh, can also occur. Um, average lifespan of somebody afflicted with XP is about 37 to 40 years. Um, but yeah, I was like, is this a real thing? Turns out, totally is. Totally um, is. I know. I was, like, similarly <laughs> shocked. I thought this was, like, a episode of House or something where they made some crazy thing up. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the House didn't usually make stuff up. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyways, um... But no, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I think they 
probably obviously takes some liberties with how it is expressed. Um, I, I feel that the, the way that they um, kind of visually interpret Katie's degeneration was definitely more um, like wasting was a little bit more beautiful tuberculosis yeah. than uh, than anything else. But um, I also spent a very lot a, a long time um, at the end of this movie shrieking, "You're a child! What are you doing?" When she basically decides to commit suicide by sunlight. Yeah, <laughs> thought that one was a rough one. Yeah, uh, I. Also didn't know that she died at the end when I first started watching this movie. So, you know, that was a, that was rough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. Cause I feel like there is like within this, within this subgenre of like sick teen movie, um, you know, I feel like there are, um, like ones where um you know there's like a miraculous recovery or you know things like that um or even just i will die at some point right or it's just off the page like if we think about like so i would argue probably well i mean whatever there's like love story and stuff but um I would argue the first, like, YA, like, teen, sick teen subgenre thing was A Walk to Remember. Um, and what's interesting about that is that while the movie very explicitly shows her dying, uh, the book does not. Um, and hmm. in fact, there is an implication that, like, God saved her. And, <laughs> um... And it, it's deliberately ambiguous. Like, you can interpret it as, like, her love saved him personally, or you can interpret it as, like, God's love saved her. You know, like, it's it's the way Nicholas Sparks writes the end of that, because A Walk to Remember is book-ended by an older version of the main character narrating, and um, that's one of the things. And, and so it's kind of interesting. Um... And, you know, the movie, on the other hand, is very, like, kind of shows... You can't remember if they show her dying exactly, but... Um, so, yeah, I think... I've that, never... I've never seen it. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm but, kind of shocked... I'm kind of shocked this has never come up with us before. Uh, same! Uh, <laughs> I didn't intend for this to become an episode about a walk to remember... But apparently we have some some things to talk about. Whoa! Wait, how? Like I, the movie was so. I don't know. I just feel like it's so up your alley. Like, I don't think it was in my wheelhouse when it came out. Okay. And then it was just kind of like, well, I don't know that I want to watch Mandy Moore die of cancer. <laughs> I like there are other things that I could watch Mandy Moore die of, like shark attack. <laughs> um, 
Or I guess in oh nope, I won't give this as a spoilers. Um Yeah, I guess that's true. But wow. Wow. And like you're my only hope, like that song was a lot of places. I have also I've never been a Nicholas Sparks girl. Okay. Like that that is just his his stuff I just truly does not jive with me. So Yeah. Um but I yeah, I I did think it was interesting that this movie was basically the sailing movie that we watched a couple weeks I ago. I know, I was thinking about that. <laughs> um Yeah, like summer romance, girl has a disease that she doesn't tell her boyfriend about. Um uh I don't know that we're there yet, but I am going to need to spend quite a bit of time with you unpacking the scene where Bella or where Katie apologizes to Charlie for not telling him about her illness. Hmm. Um, that made me upset because I did not think that she needed to do that. Really? Okay. Uh, I mean, so, Okay. So here's how I feel about that. Okay. I feel that, like, yes, she should be taking responsibility for her illness. But also, I don't know that she owed it to him to tell him before she was ready to do it. Like, whether or not she was behaving responsibly about her disease, which she wasn't, but, you know, she's 17 or 18 or whatever. Like, they don't behave responsibly. Um, but she she is in charge of her medical stuff. I think she gets to be in charge of who she tells and why. I mean, but at the same time, she kept information from him that would allow him to, like, make a choice about what he wants to do and you know how he would want to act you know like you know withholding that information you know directly impacted his actions um and directly like led to her being hurt um so I think at the very least she needed to tell him this was not your fault. Like, I made this choice. Um, and I think, you know, keeping that big a piece of information about a person you're falling in love with, um, you know, and not that we owe it to people we're dating to reveal everything about ourselves. Um, but still, like, that you know withholding that big a piece of information from him that like led him to unwittingly hurt her like yeah i I think i think he has a right to be hurt by that but i also don't think she owed it to him like i think when who she tells and when and also why is a decision that she gets to make and he's allowed to feel the way that he feels about it like i don't I don't blame him for having his feelings be hurt by that. And I I guess it would be valid for her to say, like, I'm sorry this hurt your feelings, but also this is sensitive information about myself. And she gets to she gets to control that flow of information, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, it's her decision where she shares it with, but I think if she wants to repair the relationship, he deserved an apology. Because, again, like, her withholding that information from him, like, directly led to actions that he regrets and, and unknowingly regrets. I mean, her her withholding that information from him and then also... I mean, I, I think that she bears the responsibility for not um, behaving responsibly. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I don't most... Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I thought an apology was appropriate. I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, obviously she has the... I, I guess I would say absolutely she has the choice to disclose her medical information when she wants. But he had every right to be upset. And I think it's totally fair that, like... She apologized for that to repair the relationship. I mean, I think that's one of the consequences of making the people we love upset is like sometimes to repair that relationship, we have to apologize. I don't know. I guess I just really sympathized with him being hurt by that. So, I mean, yeah, I, she didn't have to apologize to him, but I think it didn't feel off to me. I just, I guess it, it sticks in my car a little bit. I, I think part of it is just that I feel like in the genre of teens with degenerative disorders, it is mostly girls who have the, the medical mm-hmm. issues that then, like, they die and... Like the the boys get to get to go on and be have been bettered by <laughs> the women who flitted into their lives and then died. I'm trying to think. The only ex- like it's like the manic um, pixie sick girl. Yeah, like the fault in our stars is sort of the opposite of that. Although I don't know if that counts because they're both sick. Right. I mean, I think um, it's definitely within the ge- subgenre. But yeah, a little bit of a twist. Whoa, excuse me. Same with five feet apart. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. I don't know if I've actually ever read it. I just saw the movie. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, there is a lot of, like, these teen girls, like, doing the emotional work as they're dying to, like, make everybody okay (laughs) as they can be. Um, And, like... I, I felt that way, like, okay. I fully cried at the end of this movie. Okay, like, I did too. I it, didn't know if I was going to tell me, you. No, no, it got me very badly. But also, like, the letter she leaves him. Well, okay, so the scene where she is setting up a, tin, a dating profile for her dad Oh online, my god. Like, can like, I get it. She's emotionally mature for a dying 18-year-old, but also... <laughs> I know. It just... I don't know. I wanted... uh, I don't know what I wanted from this movie. I think I liked this movie at the end of the day. I think, yeah, Um, and I don't know if I just had low expectations, but I actually... There was a lot to like in this movie. 
Oh, yeah. No, my expectations were in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Bella Thorne and Patrick Schwarzenegger had great chemistry. Absolutely. Um, also, oh, my God. Like, obviously, I know, like, Patrick Schwarzenegger is a Schwarzenegger and, like, also Park Kennedy. <laughs> but, like, holy hell, does the man have some charisma. I was like, dang. I'd I stare also- at you from outside a window, too. Yes, that was very cute. I also loved that her... Um, like looking at him outside the window wasn't a secret shame thing. Like I could, I feel like there's a version of this movie where it's like, that part is the big weird secret. It's like, I've actually known you for years. And in this, it was just like, no, that's cute. (laughs) Right. I liked that his reaction was just like, oh, honey. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I loved her weird friend. Oh my god. Morgan was fantastic. Morgan was fantastic. I also loved Morgan's little romance. This was like a great little secondary romance. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Well, and I loved that that was basically drama free. It was just, oh, there's this weird and kind of cute kid I work with and now we're making out. And it's just like, and that's just going to be the undercurrent through the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then, yes, like, I enjoyed that very much. Me too. And then, like, after she's gone, like, there's a moment she's at, it flash forwards to her at work, and he just, like, sees her crying and goes and gives her a hug. Oh, when he comes to the hospital to ask if Katie is okay. Oh, my God. I died. I, I also, thought that was so cute. I also was predisposed to like him because, oh, I forgot to mention the scene where they first hang out and Morgan... This guy, this guy whose name I, I don't remember. Um, don't remember Garver. Maybe yeah. I want to say it's a it's a oh, stupid. Garver. It's not yeah. a real name. Yeah, yeah. It's not a real name. So Garver tells Morgan that he's throwing a party. So Morgan says, "Great, Katie, you're gonna get all dressed up and look nice, and we're gonna invite Charlie to this party." And they show up to this party, and it's like three kids eating chili and like having. Um. Oh my god, what was the other thing there? But they have a cake. A Sunday the, bar? A Sunday bar! Oh my god. And they what have a lame cake. party. Marin, would a lame party have a Sunday bar? Never. Um, oh. And they have a cake and they can't tap it. They don't know how to tap it. Oh, I just found that so charming. Yeah. Reminds me of, oh my god, what movie am I thinking of where, um, there, it's like the it flashes to like a similar thing where like there's just a bunch of little like nerd boys and their sweater vests and the door opens oh. and he's like that must be Nigel with the brie and then it's like a big party. Oh, shoot! What is that? Okay, I'm googling Some... this now. Yeah, and that must be Nigel, Nigel with, with the, the brie. brie. Oh, it's somebody. It is. It, oh, um, 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 ten oh, things I hate ten, about ten you. Ten things I hate about you. Okay, I wondered if it was that. Yeah. So it reminded me of that. <laughs> oh, it's like um, I can see him in his weird sweater vest in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And they're like have like snifters of what I'm sure is like apple juice or something. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, imprinted on my brain. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I thought, yeah, that whole sub yeah, this was a great secondary romance. Like, I found that very cute. Um, yeah, and I found, I liked, too, that, like, 
Charlie, there was kind of this interesting, like, through line for the beginning of this movie, and I feel like, I do wish they hadn't, there were a couple moments of, like, not, like, other girls at the beginning, where it's clear that, like, Charlie has lost the scholarship, and he has kind of retreated from his, like, popular friends who party a lot, because this, you know, he lost the scholarship from an accident when he was drinking, it's revealed. And so he's like really scaled back on partying and kind of like extricated himself from this friend group. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting little through line. And I liked that, you know, he shows up to this like nerd party and they're like, we have a keg. We want to get into like a real party. And he's like, okay, like I'll take you. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, and I, I liked that he wasn't, like, he seemed down to hang out with the Sunday bar and uh, Chili, but when they were like, no, we want to go, he was like, okay. All right. Um. Yeah, he, he, I liked that he was a good guy. I liked that he didn't have to be taught how to be a good guy. Right. He just was. Right. Yeah. It's it- like. For for a movie like this, this movie really let the main conflict be the fact that, that Katie is dying. There wasn't a whole lot of conflict between the characters, and I thought that that was okay. How did you feel about that? Because I know that you tend to not having having solid conflict is occasionally more important to you than it is to me. So I'm wondering how you felt about that. Yeah, I think that so unlike the other. Oh my gosh, why have I already forgotten the name of the other one again? It's like Breaking Waves or Break, like, something about waves. Something about waves. Caught by a wave. Caught by a wave. wave. I feel like, unlike in Caught by a Wave, like, Caught by a Wave is just so... Okay, the difference to me versus this is, like, things actually happened in this movie. (laughs) Like, there was actual, (laughs) like, dramatic tension, and, like, there was the you know, tension of, ooh, Katie's meeting her crush, and then there was the tension of, ooh, is she gonna tell him? And, like, whether it's caught by a wave was just so, like, focused on, like, these little snippets. It, it There wasn't, like, a forceful, like, through line of, like, plot. Um, and this actually had some plot. <laughs> so... True. Um, so I was more with it. Um... Because, yeah, it, I, I, I liked, it, it had enough, like, I, yeah, because my issue with Got By a Wave wasn't that there wasn't, like, enough tension between the two of them. It was just, like, the movie felt like a bunch of vignettes drawn together versus, mm-hmm. and, like, this had, like, an actual, like, through line. Um, and I think that Do created you- tension. And I think what bothered me about Got By a Wave was, like, because it was so, disconnected i didn't feel any of that tension do we know if this movie was supposed to launch bella thorne's musical career that is a great question because she was like a disney person right i believe so okay i'm not looking any of this up right now (laughs) oh boy okay she had apparently uh um she had released a single in 2011. Oh, okay. So maybe this was supposed to, like, revitalize? I didn't hate the music. I actually, I was kind of impressed that they let her music sound legitimately like a high schooler wrote it. Yes. And I don't mean that, 
I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just meant that it's like, oh, this is not a polished like pop singer. This is an 18 year old who messes around with a guitar in her house. Yeah, it was like simple, but like also, yeah, sounded good. Yeah, it was a good, a good mix. Yeah, like this is a this is a talented 18 year old. Mm-hmm. Um. I did enjoy I enjoyed her song. How did her song get on the radio at the end of the movie? I think presumably the studio where they recorded it, like, sent it out or something. Okay. Or maybe bu- he I, you know, sent it out. Fine. I buy it. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, like, sent it out. I hope that Daddy... What? What is... Katie's last name. I hope that her dad, yeah, I hope that Daddy Price gets like residuals from the estate of Katie Price. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of her dad, I my favorite part of this movie actually might have been her relationship with her dad. Her dad was incredible. Did you think when he so he makes a comment at the end to Charlie about being in touch with Charlie's coach? Did you think for a minute that um, the coach was a woman and that they like, because, yeah, my first immediate thought was, oh, that's cute. They like had a little meet cute at the pool. And then that turns out to not be it. But I was like, oh, that would have been good. Or if he had shown up and the coach was there like, oh, hey. Yeah, something like that, because I think I mean. It, it almost feels like the movie wants you to think that he and her doctor get together, but that feels weird and invasive and yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, and like I didn't crossing like her doctor though. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, that would definitely cross some uh, doctor patient. <laughs> yeah, I only I only want good things for her dad. I know. Uh, yeah, and I just appreciate that, like. He wasn't overbearing. He was, like, really reasonable and, like, you know. I was extremely shocked that he still let her go out with Charlie the second time. I know. I was like, "Mm, are we sure about that? I know. (laughs) The last time? The last time you took my daughter out, you kickstarted her degenerative neurological disorders. So. (laughs) Right. And I kind of was shocked that, like, it wasn't, like, a group, like, I could have seen, to me, it would have been made more sense if, like, all four of them went on the boat together. Like, I can't believe that he was just willing yeah. to, like, let this boy, who she has known for, like, three months, like... Be the last person who gets to spend time with her? hmm Yeah. Yeah. That's what... Well, yeah, and when she's like, please, Dad, let me go commit suicide by sunshine, I was like, no. What? Stop. What's happening right now? Yeah. I mean, I guess we're supposed to feel at that point like she is literally on death's door, but I had a hard time with that being like, you don't, like, don't you want as much time as you can get? Right. Right, and, like, it doesn't seem like she's, I mean, like, obviously she's in, like, pain and stuff, but she's still, like, talking and, like, lucid. 
so yeah, I I was really upset about that. Um, that seemed like one of those melancholic, overly romantic gestures where it's like, this seems like a good idea when you're 18, but is actually not a good idea because you're 18. <laughs> exactly. Like, it made me think of, did you ever see, I think, a lesser known movie in this subgenre? It's with Dakota Fanning and I think the kid from War Horse, Jeremy something. Um, but Dakota Fanning does like a British accent and is a Uh-oh. teenager with uh, leukemia. Um, I think it is called, oh yeah, Now is Good. Um, but it's interesting because, like, a huge point of the film is, like, her relationship with her parents is really strained and, and, like, their relationship to each other is really strained. So, like, it makes sense that at the end she, like, wants to die in her sweet little boy's arms because, like... You know, she. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, she, uh, um, you know, she's had, like, so much of the movie has been about, like, the strain in her relationship with her parents. So, but this, it's like, your dad has been rock solid. Like, what? Yeah, I, you, I like that this, I like this idea that you float of all, um, four of them so like katie and morgan and Mm -hmm. her dad and also charlie like them all going out on the boat together like that feels that feels good that feels better to me yeah because like these are the people who have been um stabilizing forces in katie's life and you know they're gonna they're gonna help make her end as beautiful as possible yeah Exactly. I don't know. I just I'm tired of I'm a little I'm a little tired of like beautiful summer romances ending in death. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is a little this is a little much death for a rom com podcast. <laughs> Uh, rom-com and teen cinema oh yeah that's true that's true but yeah this was a, a little heavy uh, yeah oh the other thing i want to say i think this movie makes a very effective use of the montage yes that correct a, that is a very effective montage there were a couple because the the party gets montaged oh, yeah, that they right. go to which was very cute and then her their romance gets montaged. I also enjoyed the parts where like Charlie comes over to play games with her and her dad. Yeah. It's like that was extremely cute. <laughs> um Yeah, I I agree. I can I'm always down for a good montage. Yeah. And I thought that this montage did like a lot of work in terms of like Okay, here's how this has progressed. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, again, I don't know how much of this is just, this movie was better than I thought it would be, versus, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, I give this movie a solid B+. Yeah. For what, for the, the kind of story that it is, I think it is very well executed. Yeah. 
I feel um, like I've seen a, a much worse version of this story, including that Dakota Fanning version. <laughs> what do we th- what do we feel like is the platonic ideal of the um <laughs> the sick the teen girl the teen girl dies story <laughs> i mean is it love story like i i think in some ways love story did start this all i mean obviously i don't but- think i know what love story is wait Wait, please huh? describe it for me. No, please describe it for me. Like, okay, it is from uh, seventy. Wolf, is it seventy? Okay, seventy. So, and it's actually it's set at college. Um, and it oh, this is something I learned today. Tommy Lee Jones had his film debut in this movie in a very minor role. Um. Yeah, it's about, like, a really rich, um, East Coast, uh, like, heir, uh, falling in love with a working class girl, um, and this is back when women couldn't attend Harvard, so she is at Radcliffe, um, and they, uh, get married, his parents cut him off, uh, they um kind of you know rebuild their lives or you know build their lives without needing money from his parents and then she gets cancer and then the rest of the movie is her being sick um Marin, i've never heard of this movie what <laughs> i i have never heard of this movie in my life what what? I don't know what to tell you. Oh my god. Okay. Well. Okay. I. You. I don't know. I actually. I have not seen this movie for a long time. It might not age well. Um. <laughs> it. It would be one that I would argue though is worth just seeing as like a. You know. A classic historical text. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think that the roots of the genre begin with this movie. Okay. I mean, obviously, um, I, what's up? I was just gonna say, I, I hear you, but I'm wondering more. What do we think is the best iteration of this story? Well, and that's what I'm saying. For me, and I don't know if it's just because it is the original, but I feel like there is a lot of depth in Love Story that I think these sometimes lack. And I think there's a really interesting through line uh, with their families. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's like good family drama stuff. Um. So yeah, it might be might be my favorite version of this story. Martha, what do you think is the platonic ideal of this story? I don't know. I'm kind of tempted. I don't I don't know if this counts. Okay. Um Also, looking for Alaska has a lot of problems, but I also find it to be a very compelling book. Okay. Um. I don't know. I really don't. I I ask this without actually like 
doing legwork in advance. <laughs> um, what I'm going to recommend at the end of the episode comes pretty close. Okay. But I don't know that we're at that point in the episode yet. Okay. Um. It's not the same, but one of my favorite inevitability of death books is a book called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. It is about a future in which you are alerted when you have 24 hours to live. Oh, yeah. Um, or you are, you're like alerted at the, the dawn of the day that you're going to die. And one of the things that um, this society is set up to do is there's an app that you can log into that will pair you with somebody else who's also in their last day so you can keep each other company. And the two boys that the book is about both find out that it's their last day alive and they find mm -hmm. each other. And it's also a very cute, like, 24-hour love story. Um, where, you know, even, even if you think that you're prepared because it does what it says on the tin, you're still not. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's a very, very uh, clear reason I have never read that book. It's really good. I cried so much. <laughs> Adam Silvera does very good, um, very good sob fests, I would say. Also, I enjoyed that it was a, uh, a gay romance instead of just a, the girl is going to die. Yeah. Well, that is one recommendation, um, it is not the ultimate recommendation I'm going to give, but what would you recommend to our listeners to enjoy uh, after they finish with Midnight Sun? Yeah, so thinking of, you know, character-keeping illness, um, what this reminded me of was Coming In From The Cold by Serena Bowen. Um, and I think I've recommended Serena Bowen a couple times uh, before on this podcast, but it is about a ski racer named Dane, um, who keeps everyone at a distance, um, because he, um, his mother, um, he, he believes he has this illness passed on from his mother. Um, in a big snowstorm, he meets a girl named Willow who has ended up in small town, I think it's Vermont, um, due to a terrible ex-boyfriend who, like, insisted she move there and set up her life and then abandoned her. Um, and so they end up, because they're trapped in a car together during a snowstorm, they end up kind of confiding in each other and having a little one-night stand, um... And then, um, you know, things go from there. And it's a romance novel, so you can kind of imagine how things go. But it's, yeah, it's very good. Um, I think Serena Bowen does a really good job. Um, 
And it's one of her earlier books, so I can definitely tell, you know, that she has matured as a writer since then. But, um, yeah, very good. So, yeah, I would recommend Coming In From the Cold uh, by Serena Bowen. Martha, what would you recommend? I am recommending Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. Oh, yeah. I I think might be my favorite example of the boy learns a lesson from a dying girl category. Uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl is about Greg, who um, has really only one friend, Earl, uh, and they are both obsessed with movies and spend a lot of their time making movies uh, until his mom and the mom his mom and the parents of Rachel, a girl he used to be friends with, uh, kind of forced them to uh, adopt Rachel into their little mini group of friends. Uh, Rachel has recently been diagnosed with leukemia uh, and chooses to stop treatment because she is uh, terminal and she decides that she wants to exit the world on her own terms. So then the three of them spend... Uh, the rest of the book making a movie for Rachel and in memoriam of Rachel. Um, Jesse Andrews has a very sharp humor. Like his, his stuff is very funny, but also like kind of vicious. Like you're laughing, but you're also like, this feels bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it into a movie, which is great. Um, it's a very good adaptation, but I, I really like the book as well. So that's my recommendation for everybody. Yeah, and that is definitely unlike they both die at the end. That is one I have I have been intended to see, but have not. Mm-hmm. Uh well, Marn, would you like to tell us a little bit about what we are watching for next episode? All right, for next episode, and stop me if I have somehow mixed up again <laughs> which movie we were gonna do with listeners. There was a lot of back and forth about uh which movie we were gonna do um oh no martha martha i lost my uh window with the movie up i believe we settled on oh my gosh a perfect fit a perfect fit thank you yeah so 2021 netflix original which is I, I, I am not sure who made this movie. It's not American. It is Indonesian. Indonesian. Wonderful. I'm okay. excited. Woo. <laughs> uh, but until then, if you would like more of our lovely and awkward podcasting <laughs> styles, uh, you should check out my our sister show. Did you do your homework? Which drops on the same feed every other Wednesday. Uh, that I record with Marin's husband Pete uh, you can find us on all of the socials at DYDYH podcast yes we do share social media and a podcast feed with did you do your homework because I'm too cheap to buy another SoundCloud account <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere at Magical Martha uh, Marin where can people find you uh, people can find me um, on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced where I tweet a lot about romance novels. So if you are interested in that at all, feel free to give me a follow. Perfection. Um, 
normally would plug my newsletter in here, but I'll be honest with you guys, I have not written anything in that since like March. So maybe someday again, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but otherwise, uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, just remember that we love ya. glad my internet decided to play well yeah it like got it figured itself out